It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What's going on, lacrosse fans? You're back. We're happy that you are because it's time for Lax Class, episode 140. I keep wanting to call them classes, but I never do it. Class number 140 is uh, now in session. Thanks for participating. Jake Elliott, Evan Scheminar with you here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for another big episode of Lax Class here. Uh, Evan, let's get you in right off the get-go. I know uh, we're recording on, on a Monday here. You just got back from vacation. How are things? Can't complain too much. Nice. Where'd you go? What'd the, you do? Went out to walk a lake, which is about an hour east of Saskatoon. And, you know, one of the two lakes where most people in Saskatoon have their cabins. My aunt's got a cabin out there, so went and just did some kayaking, some Kayak. golf, some mini golf with wow. the kids. And, Good yeah. stuff. Uh, feeling refreshed and relaxed. I hope uh, for a big episode here. My, I sad to say, Evan, um, and and. I'll try not to, to get too emotional here. Not a lot of people know, if uh, if any yet, but uh, my dad has, has taken a, a turn for the worse and uh, has a matter of days left to go here. So this episode's going to be a little bit difficult for me, and to be quite honest, I can't promise you or the listeners uh, what's going to happen next week. It, it may be the first week I take off in a long, long time. I'm not so sure. But with that being said, this... This one goes out to him, and and part of the reason I, I do this and is it's medicine for me to, to kind of shut off my mind a little bit, talk some lacrosse, not think about things, and I, I had a chance to do that uh, for the XLL last night. I had a chance to call my third lacrosse game in the last uh, 17, 18 months uh, last night, and thankfully my sister was, was with him, and he was still lucid enough to to turn on the game and, and have a little bit of listen. So that'll be the last game that, that he hears me call. And, and I'm glad he got a chance to do that. And I'm glad I got a chance to do it because, uh, it was, it was good for my heart. So playing, playing a little hurt here folks, uh, today, but I'll, I'll try and kind of get past that here momentarily. And, and, uh, we're, we're going to have a big episode, uh, regardless here, because we got our calls to the hall, of course, coming up, Evan. And, and we've been trying to run this guy down for, a couple, three weeks now, and we finally got him. Five-time NLL champion with the Philadelphia Wings, Kevin Finneran, is going to join us in quarter number two. And we're going to overtime here on episode 140 because uh, friends of the podcast, sponsors of the podcast, the Vancouver Warriors, Evan, uh, making a big splash in some signings today. Signed a whole bunch of players, which we'll talk about in quick sticks in quarter three. No, we're going quarter four for quick sticks. So quarter three... Brand new two-year deal, leading scorer of the Vancouver Warriors, Mitchell Jones, returning to the podcast in quarter number three. And, of course, final overtime uh, room for our Stampede Stallion of the Week. So jam-packed episode here, Evan. And uh, we got to get into it right off the bat here because we got Finneran coming up. Let's get it. Big focus time. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Other than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. 
Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. I love the drop, Evan. I don't know if you've, you've appreciated my handiwork producing that little drop. Big focus. Big focus. I'll, I'll tell you how I did it later. But um, anyways, big focus this week, Evan, and it is a biggie. The National Lacrosse League announcing just days ago they have a national TV deal right across Canada on the Sports Network, Canada's leading source for sports in our great country, Evan. And holy cow, this has been a long time in the works. It's been a long time coming. People have been clamoring for this for a long, long time. Five-year deal with TSN that includes all the games streaming on tsn.ca, a game of the week, a nationally televised game of the week, playoffs, Champions Cup, all of it. This is exciting stuff, not only for the NLL, but the sport of lacrosse and the casual sports fan that is now going to stumble across National Lacrosse League action on their television and go, holy shit, this is awesome. Where do I go watch this live? Well, big focus isn't even justify this, this, this announcement because this is the biggest announcement the NLL has made since they hired Nick Skavich. Bigger than Las Vegas. And the reason I say that is, well, just like you said right off the hop, you got to get the person that has never seen the game of lacrosse to notice what they're missing. That's how I became a lacrosse fan, back in 1999, yeah. when they did it with Toronto Rock games on Sportsnet back then. And to get... Now, it's not just a few games, because I believe in 2015, which is the last, or 2016, sorry, the last year they did it. I think I did a game in 2016. They first nationally televised game I ever did. They only had five games on that year, um, plus the final. Uh, this time around, it's a game of the week, plus the playoffs and everything of that nature. So we're getting in the right direction. The key is, if you want to take this, league from well 15 soon to be probably 16 within a couple of years league with part-time players to a league where you're going to have 30 40 regular season games you're going to have full-time professionals you're going to have it i won't say it on the scale of the big four leagues but let's put it on the scale of major league soccer yeah you gotta have a television deal even the cfl evan i kind of like you know i know that's Canada only, but the TV deal is going to be something pretty similar, I think, in that regard. And that's that's kind of, I think, the level that we're at now. I still think there's another level to go before we get to Major League Soccer level. True. I mean, and, I mean, the advantage that Major League Soccer has is you have a worldwide game. Sure. That pull players you know, from they, everywhere on the planet. Right. But that's where you want to try and aim towards. And without this TV deal. You don't have it. Now, I'll say this. This TV deal doesn't happen without the likes of Wayne Gretzky and Steve Nash being involved. Probably not. But right now, it's it's a who cares. You're going to get these games on television. TSN has five networks. they got plenty of space to put this on. And hopefully, if the ratings are good enough, now it doesn't become once a week, it becomes multiple times a week. One critical thing, Lacrosse fans, now that this TV deal is in there, 
Make absolutely certain you're watching these games. Yeah, PBR it, that record the, it. The ratings go up. They can sell the advertising, and they can make it viable to continue to do this long-term and more than once a week. Yeah, I haven't got the particulars on exactly what the deal is, but I, I'm pretty confident there is an investment there from the owners to TSN to air these games, and you'd like it to flip around the other way where eventually TSN is having to purchase the game rights to the National Cross League. And listen, I think we're going to get there. It's going to take some time. This is a massive first step. So kudos to Nick and, and Jessica and Joel and, and whoever else worked on this, uh, getting this this deal done. This is this is monumental stuff here, people. And, and the, you know, the particulars and stuff, I, I, I don't quite know how the broadcasts are going to work. I'm pretty sure it's going to be NLL talent calling it i don't know about the games of the week and the playoffs and all that sort of stuff but i think they're going to be using local talent and they'll probably you know kind of cherry pick where they they land for games of the week with full buildings such as buffalo and saskatchewan and and what have you well what i think they probably do is they would try and have it that two canadian teams are playing one another sure just to double your market exposure yeah that's not not the, the worst idea either so really exciting stuff. Uh, congratulations to everybody involved. This like I, this put me in some kind of good mood when when I woke up to this news, uh, seeing this. Like man, this fantastic, just absolutely wonderful that this has happened. <laughs> and and now you know, like I, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty confident as well, Evan, that that a deal with an American provider. Is, is being worked on now, and I think that's going to be the next news to drop so you can find out where people south of the border can can be watching their lacrosse. And, and you know, the, the great thing about TSN, Evan, and TSN.ca is you know the streaming is going to be top-notch. Like, yeah, like I you, TSN Go app, you put on anything, Masters, hockey, whatever it is, soccer, and it's perfect. Like, it doesn't drop out it doesn't buffer and and like and it's so accessible to watch anywhere on any device at any time and now that the news is going to be on the not like news for out of the league is going to be on their website the stats the updates all of it, it comes with that and like i said this is transcendual stuff like PLL, mm-hmm. NBC, yeah, like Peacock, okay, great. This this is nationwide. Everybody has TSN in their home, and, like, get ready. This is next level. Yeah. It, it, it's what we've been – I've been asking for, I know, for over five years at this stage. Uh, you know, as much as, you know, Nick Sikavich said they want to do Digital first, on, yeah. Like we're digital gonna, first. We should get Nick back on. You're not going to get the casual fan to stumble across something that's behind a paywall. You just won't. No. Uh, no, you won't. And this is where it's going to start to change things. And the thing is, for those that have cut the cord, they've got the, they may, and they're a sports fan, they're going to have TSN just as a standard. Yeah, basic. Uh, Accessibility, packet. man. And at right. the fingertips, convenience, right? And Get home, sit on the couch, flip it on. There it is. And away you go. It, and then seeing as also the American deal, from what I understand, is a national deal yeah. as well. Yeah. Now, from what I understand, NBC Sports Network is slowly winding down. Is it ESPN? Is it a, say, a Fox Sports or something along that line? If it is, 
it's beyond massive. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something that everybody like just like north of the border, everybody can access. I I would expect something very similar south of the border, something that is readily available in people's homes and on their smartphones and, and devices. And once again, you want to get to that stage where you can have 15, 20,000. You have the bigger stadiums eventually. That's what you're going to need to get there. As simple as that. Absolutely. 100%. Evan, uh, that was a big focus. That was a big opening quarter. The show's only going to get bigger as we move along here. We got five-time NLL champion, brand new Hall of Fame member, Kevin Finneran joins us next. Calls to the Hall, Lax Glass, right after this. Hi, this is Bill Fox, NLL Hall of Fame referee, and you're listening to Lax Glass. Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified as we move into the second quarter of action here on episode 140. And here in quarter number two, we like to do a little thing called Calls to the Hall. If you haven't heard by now, the National Lacrosse League has inducted 10 brand new members into the NLL Hall of Fame. And we got one of them on the line right now. He is a five-time champion with the Philadelphia Wings and a brand new NLL Hall of Famer. Kevin Finneran is on the podcast. Kevin, welcome to Lax Class. Thanks so much for doing this, and congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. Well, Jake, I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm so uh, thankful for the call. Um, I'm, I'm so appreciative of you reaching out to me. I'm so appreciative of like talking about the uh, the league and the sport of box lacrosse. That means so much to me. So um, I'm 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 joyed to be here. I'm hopefully uh, give a couple of kids that are listening a couple of pointers, a couple of fans that are listening yeah. some great memories, and um, uh, most importantly, my teammates and my family. And um, that's 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 what I'm all about, team. So thank you, Jake, for having me. Yeah. And uh, let's rock and roll. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. Our pleasure. And and we're going to talk about the stats and the championships and all of it. But when I get somebody new on the podcast, especially somebody I've never talked to before and, and you being an American guy, Kevin, and, and an old school M I L L player, I'd really like to know where you found the game of lacrosse or maybe how lacrosse found you. You know, it's a great question. And, and, and um, I, I love answering it. Uh, box lacrosse came to me. Um, my first job out of college, I got transferred to uh, Boston, and uh, the New England Blazers played there. And I said, let me give this a try. I didn't know what to do, and I, I was all over the map. And uh, my first game, I, I, you know, I, I, I was in the lineup. I dressed. It was great. My second game, uh, Coach Frazier said, uh, Finn, you need to like, learn the game a little bit. And I was discouraged, and I was like, all right, all right, all right. I'll sit back. Third game. Um, I'll never forget. I played against the New York Saints and not so Coliseum where I grew up and I had three and three. And, uh, from that moment on, I just, um, uh, loved it. And, um, my family loved it. I love the intricacies of the game. Next year I moved to, um, Detroit and I, uh, played for Mito Martinello and Detroit Turbos. And I happened to be around, uh, two of the goats of all time, Gary and Paul Gates. Sure. And they taught me the game. And, um, and then I got traded to Philadelphia and uh, with Dave Evans as the coach, and uh, which is great organization. And then I just said, this is my sport. This is what I'm going to make my mark at. 
and um, and I and I crafted my uh, sport every day that I could on and off the field in the weight room, eating healthy, and um, so that's really where I started from, Jake. And uh, there's so many other stories, but that's really the foundation. You kind of touched on it a little bit, but throughout your 13 year career, you never missed a single game which is a stat that is absolutely mind-blowing. Especially How back in those manage- days. Especially back yeah. in those days. How did you manage to keep yourself that healthy for that long? Because I wanted it. I wanted it. I did not want to get out of the lineup. I did not want to be a healthy scratch. And um, I wanted to play. I wanted to contribute. I wanted to win rings. I wanted to be around great players. I wanted to um, you know, give the fans that paid their hard work money in Philadelphia or Detroit, um, and they're, you know, my all. And um, my, my teammates drove me, and, uh, you know, my sense of inner, like, champion drove me. So that's really what it was. And obviously off the field, I took care of myself uh, in the gym, taking care of myself, in, in, you know, eating and all that. So that was really it. And, and listen, I'll be, I'll be honest. I... Uh, I got nitty gritty. Don't get me wrong. I got nitty gritty. I had my share of the bumps and bruises, and there's many times that I could have missed a game, but I didn't get in the corner. I didn't get in the corner like Scott Gabrielson or Chris Flynn. You know those guys that I that I played with for ten years on the wings or Jake Berge. I, I let you them should do probably mention Govett in there too, Finneran. Like he's going to listen to yes. this. If you don't mention Steve, uh, we got to get we got to get Govett in there. No doubt, Stevie. And Brian Volker, and Adam Mueller, and Paul Denikin, and, and, and Gary Martin. So many guys, but yeah. definitely Jake. Yeah. Hey, uh, you, you mentioned Paul and Gary, and, and like Dave Evans is from my neck of the woods, and, and of course Paul and Gary just over the water in Victoria. And, and you mentioned that those two kind of taught you box lacrosse. I'm real interested, what kind of things did you learn from them? Was it like how to set a pick, or where to set a pick, or was it – you know, working in tight. What what kind of things did the twins teach you? Great question, Jake. And and I just watched and I watched and I said to myself, I want to do that. Yeah, they're great. You know, they're great. But I want I want to get to that level. I want to get to that level. So so I watched exactly. And again, I had great mentors in in Joe Martinello. And then when I got traded to Philadelphia, Dave Evans. And, and assistant coaches, you know, the, the little guys that you don't hear about. Uh, the coach from um, Peter Lasagna, when I played for Boston, he taught me little nuances of the game. But uh, to answer your question, I, I watched them. I watched their flow. I, w- I said to myself, I'm the athlete they are. They're just bigger than me. So let me take my game to their level, which will never be because they're the goats. And, and rightfully so, I've always said that. But I said, I'm going to make my niche in this sport. And um, and being American, I was so proud of that, and um, that's what drove me every day. Early days of Philadelphia, it was Philadelphia and Buffalo, constant Philadelphia Buffalo. I believe there's one stage, six seven years in a row, you played one of the playoffs. Obviously, a lot of hate, a lot of respect, and you guys had to bring your game to a whole new level when you played them. Talk about that rivalry and just. The feelings back in the days. The odd and the spectrum. No doubt. The odd and the spectrum. Um, and, um, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget you know, that, that first game in 1993 when we went to the odd. And um, they were the defending champions two-time, I believe. Um, or, no, first uh, defending champion. And so I was like, all right, bring it on, bring it on. And I, But I'm not going to lie. I was, I was, like, terrified. These guys were like... 
toughest dudes I ever went against in any kind of sport of lacrosse. And so going up there in 1993, I'll never forget, we, we went up and um, we, we, we and then we actually they, they came back and it was uh, Jake 12 to 12. And uh, Paul Gate and I, um, I think Darius took a shot and it went off the uh, the backboard. So it was a fast break, two on one, Paul Gate and I. And we're going two on one. I throw it to him. He throws it back to me. I throw it to him. And he throws it back to me. And I'm like, Paul, what are you doing? So I went high to low on Ross Cowley. And I, I scored the go-ahead goal, 13-12. Um, and then uh, they came back, Kevy and Darius, yada, yeah. yada, yada. Yeah. And they went yeah. back to back. So it, it was amazing. And then the following year, obviously, 1994, we were dialed in. Our our coach, Tony Resch, he, he had taken control of the reins. Mike French yeah. had taken control of the team. Um, and it was like, and then, you know, first first half, they were up five, six goals. And at halftime, Tony just said, fellas, fellas, just bear down. This is another team. Stick to the program. Stick to your, um, your, your, your role, which we all had. We all had roles. I was the feeder. Get the ball to Marichek. Get the ball to Gate. Yes. Get the ball to whoever. Get and, the, um, get and then, the ball you know, to Marichek and Gate back, usually. 14. Yeah. Get the ball to Marichek and Gate usually worked out pretty well. So oh, I, I'm, you know, like I'm, I'm looking at your stats here, and I want to, I want to talk about your stats because uh, I'm looking at 2002 here, man, and and like you retire in, after the 03 season, but you put up almost 40 in 02, and then and then you walk away after a, a 55 point season. What what was the decision to to hang him up? Okay, big boy. Well, All right. you were still you want, productive. You You're answer? still productive, Kevin. Like really productive late in your career, and and it just kind of seemed like it, that was it. Uh, I'll tell you exactly what it was. And, I, and I'm I'm about a hundred yards. It was it was, two, it was 2003. We had just won. Les was in, Les was not feeling well. Coach Bartley. Yeah. And um, I I said to myself, I I cannot go through another season of playing the wings twice because <laughs> at that time it was only one time that we played them. And it was very difficult for me to, to, to transition from Philadelphia to uh, Toronto. So um, I, I was walking along Christ Church where I go to church. And I said, you know, I called Eddie Camo because Coach Bartley was in the hospital. I said, Coach, I'm going to hang him up. And he said, Finn, you know, whatever, I support you. And um, so that that was the decision. Yeah. I knew I had more in me. I just, it was The bottom line is, to answer your question, <laughs> and you know what? I'm 55, so I really don't care, you know, what I say at this point as no. far as, you know, my legacy because I'm in the hall. Speak your I, mind, I, man. I just did not want to face – I did not want to face the Philadelphia Wings again twice in a season. What was the circumstances of leaving Philly? Were you traded away? Were you cut? Like, what happened? They uh, – management – you know, Tony had retired. Uh, Jimmy Rogers had left. And the new management and coaching staff – or coaching staff – and again, it's all, it's all water under the bridge because – I would never have won runner-up MVP in 1998 without Adam Mueller as my wingman. So they said, Finn, we have some young kids going up. We, you know, we got to give them a shot. And I said, fine, no worries. Let them beat, him, beat me out. Yeah. And I said, and they said, no, Finn, we got to get him in the lineup. And I said, trade me. Okay. Okay. Yeah, nothing wrong <laughs> with that. Not the first guy, won't be the last guy that ever does that. <laughs> One of the things I couldn't believe was looking at your stats was the fact that with all the craziness and lunacy that happened in the nineties of the spectrum, your penalty minutes were consistently under ten. I don't know how that all happened. Philly Spectrum, 
craziest memory. What it's, is it's, it? Yeah, it's not like you shied away from from the rough stuff either, Kevin. Listen, I listen. Does Gretzky want to be on the ice, or does he want to be in the penalty box? Okay, let <laughs> okay. me sure rephrase that. Messier, okay. Messier. Okay. I always, I always looked up to him, my fellow number eleven. There you go. I wanted to be on the, I wanted to be on the floor. Yeah. So that was that. I mean, that's the bottom line. I wanted to be on the floor and to be a factor, and I, I knew when to get in there and when to pull away. Yeah. Well, answer, answer Evan's question. Craziest moment you ever experienced inside the spectrum. Obviously, the greatest moment I've ever had inside the spectrum, and I've never heard the craziest moment, but the greatest moment I've ever had is when we shut down the spectrum in 1995, the last team in Philadelphia sports right. that ever played at, at, at the Philadelphia spectrum. So I'm so proud of that, and I will totally mention that at the Hall of Fame. And um, craziest moment, you know, probably like, Walking out the first time with spandex on and, and Philadelphia <laughs> yes. fans saying, "What are you doing, yes, here, pal? Yes. All right, we don't roll this way. <laughs> <laughs> Chopper was not happy as we speak with NLL Hall of Famer Kevin Finneran, and like I, you went up so, I, against some some great players in your own right. Was there ever? Well, maybe maybe twofold. I'll ask you, like who who was a defender that that gave you fits if there was one, and and maybe a goaltender, like. What about shooting on Dallas in practice? Like, could you ever score on him? I I, I sure didn't, but I tried. <laughs> Unreal. But um, I but I, I'll remember vividly when I got traded to Toronto, um, and we played them uh, in 2003, and we came back and I scored a goal, um, and I, I, I was very excited about that until my my career. But uh, to answer your question. It's it's definitely uh, two guys, and one totally um, doesn't really get a lot of recognition um, because he's really not known. And I'm not just saying that because he's an American, but John Gagliardi could could strip me all the time. I would go to my go to move, and he was like, "Nope, nope, nope." And we only played him because he were only in, 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 during my career in the league like four or five years. So, but he was so tough. And then uh, and then Shanny. Uh, Brian Shanny, Brian, Brian Shanahan. He was he he had my number. He got in my grill. Um, other than that, I, I I really don't think um, not many um, uh, men really like got in my head and said you're not going to the goal. And I said, well, if you think that way, watch as as I turn on the uh, a red light. Where did the where did the fire in your belly come from, Kevin? Was that, did, was that handed down from a parent or, you know, a big brother picking on you your whole life? Where, where did that passion come from? Cause you played with a lot of it. You know where it came from? It came from when, um, I didn't take care of my academics and I had to leave Cornell and, um, I went to Ohio Wesleyan, which was great. It was the best thing for me. Um, and then while I was there finishing up, um, and um, I tell people all the time, I was a Division Three midfielder of the year, and I don't, I don't mean to be I. I just like to tell these stories. And 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 the goat was a Division One midfielder of the year, and we're at the uh, Deos, and I said, I want to be like him. I want to be like, I want to strive to be like him. So um, at Ohio Wesleyan, my my buddies uh, both played for the Turbos. They were coaches when I was a senior. So the drive was like, all right. I didn't make it at Cornell academically. I did uh, athletically, but I'm going to sh- I'm going to show this league that I can play at the top level. That's really where it came from. We're getting into an era now where 
a lot of American players are starting to add box back to their repertoire. You were, you know, one of those that played box predominantly for a long time. For those American players, especially, you know, some of these youngsters that you're starting to bring up now, what is the advice to, I guess, add that box skill into their skill set? You can't just turn it on. You can't turn it on and turn it off. You can't put your bat your 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 bag away for six months. Um, you know, go to the beach, uh, play field, which I love, um, and then and then pick up the bag. You know, and go to the dressing room and expect to turn it on. You, if you if you really want to take it to the next level and break Casey Powell's records, which I, I would which I would be the first to say he would love an American coming up to break their records. You need to focus on this year-round if you want to get to the next level because our league and our sport is thriving. And these little kids that I'm coaching now in Philadelphia, and then 12 years old, Penn Lacks, Eve Holmes, and Kevin Crowley's program, which yeah. I've been blessed since I moved back. Guys, I've been blessed. This first time I've coached in Anaheim Storm in 2004, box lacrosse. And these kids love it. They love it. And, 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 they, you know, we're going to go out to California in a few weeks, and yeah, nice. I can't wait to see how they respond. Ah, uh, it's going to be a great time as we speak with NLL Hall of Famer Kevin Finneran, and I like. There's a lot of things I want to ask you, and we'll get to him here. But I like we've been talking a little bit before we kind of hit the record button here, and you're you're going through a little something with uh, with your mom. I'm going through something with my dad, and and you know, one of the first things he mentioned to me is how happy and how pleased that you were that your mom realized that you were inducted into the hall of fame. She knows that you're in the hall. Tell me about your parents and, and what they meant to you and, and your lacrosse career coming up. Wow. That's, that's awesome. I, I feel like I'm getting ready for um, the, uh, the ceremony in, in a few weeks in uh, Buffalo. And I'm, I'm so psyched. There's so many great memories. And that was my first championship in Buffalo at the odds, as, as we mentioned earlier. So uh, that's going to be really special. And, um, my daddy, you know, um, he 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 was with me my last championship in the National Lacrosse League when I played for Toronto, and we beat uh, Rochester for the first time ever. We had beaten Rochester in our home floor, so he he was he was you know he was my big boy and uh, my big fan, and uh, so that was special. And then uh, just to follow up, uh, you know, my mom and everything, and um, when it when it when it when it got announced uh, a month or so ago, and she was she was just. Uh, tickle pink and um and um so you know that's 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 all and uh, i hope she's around for the hall of fame induction ceremony but if 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 if, uh, if god says no um she, i i i'm i'm be very excited that she knows uh that I, i'm in so to answer your question awesome man uh sorry about the beeps here i don't know if anyone else has this problem here but i've gotten like six calls from latvia today i've gotten about four from bolivia a couple from uganda I don't know how to stop this, but I keep getting phone calls in the middle of our interview here, and uh, I apologize for that. As we speak, no with... worries. I haven't heard any. <laughs> okay, good. Maybe it's just coming through on my end, which would be beneficial. We always ask our, our Hall of Famers this, Kevin, and 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 as I mentioned to you, when we we talked to all the original members of the NLL Hall of Fame before we started to get to this class, one of the questions we asked them is, who do you think belongs in the NLL Hall of Fame that's not in yet? And your name came up more than any other. So now it's your turn, Kevin Finneran. 
Who is a player that is not in the NLL Hall of Fame right now that you think belongs in? Wow, there's so many. And um, obviously, uh, Caleb Toast comes to mind. Um, Good one. And um, obviously, uh, Glenn, Glenn Clark. Glenn yes. Clark comes to mind. And um, so I, I look at my, uh, you know, Wings teammates. And, um, you know, so um, I, I think I think other than Volks and, um, you know, again, you know, maybe Ethan Iannucci down the road yeah, and sure. everything like that. You know, and I mean, gosh, he 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 set the single season yeah. uh, scoring record. <laughs> what a season! And then, that um, was, you know, yeah. I, I look around um, at each team. You know, Buffalo. I think they're well represented. Maybe, um, you know, uh, a veterans committee thing for Dwight Metke, Um and I can go on and on. So, to, off the cost, those would, those would be some of the few guys, and I'm sure I'm missing. And obviously, 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 my boy Jake Berge. There you go. Got to get Berg in there. He'll get it. One question I've asked a few before. Why number 11? It was my number in college, and um, that was it. It was my number at Ohio Wesleyan. I never had it before. And I was uh, moving in and then uh, just sitting good. And um, I, I didn't really grow up on it, but um, I, I love it. It's my number. It's everything that I'm about. Uh, it's it's my number that I, you know, when I talk to kids and um, – you know, that's that's my modus operandi, Coach Finn Philly, 11 at gmail.com. There you go. So um, it's just a nice number. And um, so it, it's it's great. I'm, I'm so excited for our league. I'm so excited for the future. Yeah, how, how so connected are you, Kevin? How, how connected are you still to the National Guard? You, you still keeping tabs on, on the wings? You still go to games? You still, I mean, I know uh, Gabe's is, is doing a little color there with the wings and, and your former captain there. Oh, I can't wait! I cannot wait for a couple of months to go to our our, our first games and everything. So yes, I am totally uh, part of the reason I moved back to Philadelphia from uh, Delray Beach after 11 years was one to be near my mom until she got you know through COVID, which she did. She's doing great there. You know, she didn't have that. And the other reason because I wanted to be in the old Philly. So yeah. um, I, I cannot wait to go back to the games. I cannot wait to see the fans. I cannot wait to see this team. Holy mackerel, Rambo! Matisse, yeah. our goalie. Uh, Coach Day is putting together a wagon there. Uh, you got another good Drexel boy coming coming to town this year as well, and Ben McIntosh, who you're really going to enjoy watching play, Kevin. Oh, right on. Yes, I've heard of him. Yep. Yeah, stud. Absolute stud. Kevin, this uh, was a fantastic conversation, man. I, I There's more I want to get to, but we'll, we'll let you get back to your mom, and, and we appreciate your time here on Lacrosse Classified. Congratulations on just a, a marvelous NLL Hall of Fame career, man. Well done. Means the world to me, boys. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see all the other boys in, in a few weeks. And um, and our, 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 our league is bright, and you guys do an amazing job. And I'm, I'm here 24-7 any way I can help. So thank you for reaching out to me. Appreciate it. There he is, Evan. Uh, Kevin Finneran, Coach Finn. And, like, I remember the early days kind of watching – those Philly Wings teams and I had no like I knew all the Canadian guys but I had no idea who Kevin Finneran was but he almost played like a Canadian if I can give him that compliment like fierce competitor went into the dirty areas of the floor led that Philly Wings team with some big personalities on it and the guy's got a handful of rings man one for each finger and a thumb in there five of them that's an incredible career to quote Casey Powell, the most 
underrated player of all time. We can see why. If you look at the names that he played around, right? (laughs) The Gates, Americhek, and what have you. You're going to get undershadowed. But the thing is, this is a guy who at the height of his career was five and a half points a game. Yeah, You you don't do that by any fluke. And to walk away when you're still 55 points, most forwards today, now that's a 16-game season, not 18. I know. Would love to have that. I know. But to just walk away from the game? Well, to think about how much Phil, like, and he won the championship that year, and then, like, I mean, the guy had 79 points the year before, but didn't want to play against his old team twice a year, and that's why he walked away. Pretty crazy stuff, man. Never talked to Kevin Finneran before. No idea kind of what to expect. American play, like I, no clue. That was that was good, raw, candid stuff there. Like he he laid it out, uh, which which he loved to to hear. And, and man, Hall of Famers uh, on and off the floor, man. That was that was good stuff there from from Finn. And well, speaking of good stuff, Evan. Stampede Tack and Western Wear sponsoring calls to the hall. And wherever your summer adventures may take you this summer, be sure to include Stampede Tack and Western Wear in Cloverdale. They have you covered with a great selection of riding and Western gear to help you enjoy summer fun. Hop on the hog. Make sure you got the right leathers going, boots, all of it. Speaking of covered, Stampede Tack also has a wonderful array of hats that make you look good and protect you from that hot, sun and those harmful uv rays hats are important there is a great selection of them at stampede tack and western wear quarter two done quarter three next brand new contract for number 16 for the vancouver warriors we're going to talk to him next mitch jones lax class lacrosse flash podcast network This is NLL Hall of Famer Colin Doyle, and you're listening to Lax Class. Welcome back to Lax Class. Since we're into the third quarter here of episode 100 and 140, uh, Jake Elliott Evan Sheminar with you, and also with us are the Vancouver Warriors. VancouverWarriors.com. Nothing's offside. Be a warrior at NLL Warriors. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, check him out. I would suspect ticket pricing and all that sort of stuff is just around the corner down there at Rogers Arena. Somebody else who is down there at Rogers Arena today, in fact, signing a brand new two-year deal, number 16 in your lucky program. My former ball boy, got to get that in, Mitchell Jones on the po- back on the podcast. Mitch, uh, congratulations on the new contract and welcome back to the podcast. How are things? Thanks, Jake. Good. I can hear the excitement in your voice. I think uh, we're all ready for a little lacrosse to get back in the arena. Um, I mean, yeah, first step for me was getting that contract signed and uh, excited to be back, excited to uh, kind of start training or, or continue training towards the season. Yeah, I mean, to to kind of get that off your plate, now you can put that behind. You really kind of start to dial in and, and focus uh, on the upcoming season here. That's like that's always a big kind of a, a weight and a little bit stressful until the, all that's done and behind you, right? Yeah, for sure. It's one one less thing to think about. Um, I can kind of just focus on on uh, helping our team as much as we can and being the best across player I can. So kind of the, I guess, the business side of it, throw it away. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I couldn't be more excited. I've, this is the longest I've ever gone without 
playing a lacrosse game, so that's uh, uh, still, where I'm at. Uh, still a couple of spots left open in the XLL, Mitch, if uh, if you want to slide in. Plus, you know, like the the whole contract thing, like that you got to you got to negotiate with the big fella, who's you know he can he can take a hard line from time to time. That's that's not an easy pill. No, not at all. Um, I'll keep the XL in mind, but okay. uh, unless unless Mr. Roccolini starts running the league, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to see me out there. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So, two-year deal. You have free agency around the corner. Team that's still trying to build a bit. What was it about Vancouver that made you want to stay there and sign that deal? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of my first crack at uh, free agency, and um, honestly, it's a no-brainer. I want to be at home. I want to help this team get back to, to being an elite team in that LL. Um, I mean, I think I'm a big part of that. I think Dan's brought in some more guys who are going to be a huge part of that. And, uh, I mean, two years is just a start. Hopefully we can uh, make some big strides over those two years. And that's kind of kind of where I was at. It's, it's right in my backyard where I grew up. I'm, I'm living downtown Vancouver. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't want it any other way. And, and 29 now, Mitch, and, and just kind of starting to come into your, your wheelhouse, your prime years here in the NLL, I would say. And when the season got shut down a couple years ago, I believe you were like second in league scoring is there another level to Mitch Jones? Like, do you, are you setting some personal goals for yourself heading into this season to, to maybe eclipse what you did a couple of years ago? I think so. I think um, maybe not a point goal or something like that. I mean, that can always be a good measurement tool. But uh, I feel like I've gotten better every year in this league, whether it's starting on defense, I got better at that, then adding the transition game, then playing forward. Um, my next kind of step is just adding kind of the leadership and toughness and, and – uh, being as consistent as I can be. Um, if you want to be a top guy in this league, you can't take nights off. You can't take shifts off. Um, the, the guys are too good to pick your spot. So you gotta, you gotta be going all the time, every night. And so that's kind of my goal to get there and, and, and be a threat every time I'm on that floor. And that's, that's a trickle down effect though, right, Mitch? Like when you're the leading scorer of the team and, and other guys are looking around and seeing the best player on the team working the hardest, that's going to rub off on those guys. And that's kind of how you lead by example. Yeah, no, I try my best to do that. I think uh, it goes back to consistency. Like if I'm if I'm taking shifts off, I, I can't expect uh, a rookie guy or a guy who maybe a 15, 20 goal scorer. I can't expect him to be to be given everything every shift when I'm taking shifts off. So trickles down, and I think and we've added some some key guys. We've added Brett Mitsky, who's who's that kind of guy. He shows up every single shift. Um, we've added a young guy in Rebowering who I've heard nothing but uh, fantastic things yeah. about. Stud, yeah, like that word comes out a lot, and I know he's. Uh, I, I've, I've tracked with him already. I know he's a workhorse, and yeah. he's, he's there to work and have fun and and continue to get better. So, just that attitude um, is what we're trying to bring. And I think uh, it, it's been slow and steady, but I think we're going to make some some pretty big jumps here moving forward. That was actually where I was leading into the next question. I was going to ask you. You know, Vancouver plays in this division with Saskatchewan, Calgary, Colorado, for the last five championships coming out of that division alone. May be an opportunity here right now because everybody's a little rusty. You never know. The other teams are getting a little older. What's it going to take for Vancouver to get over the top this year? I think we're going to, I mean, same as everyone, right? you gotta, you got to get your pieces in place, have, have enough talent, for, and then just mix it in with working hard and, and everybody pulling on the rope together. Um, we've had times We've had times in our, I mean, our last two seasons and even before that where there's been talent in Vancouver. There's been, there's been big games that they've won. But it's it's been a struggle to kind of put that together for a full season, have that that real championship attitude where 
every shift matters and every every practice matters. Um, so I think that's something I've talked to with Gilly about it. We gotta focus on getting that attitude 100. Can't be can't be on and off. We're, we're definitely not good enough to do that. But if we can uh, put that all together and, and just be consistent and be a thorn in another team's side, I think uh, I think we got enough talent, or we're getting pretty close to it. And, to, uh, to compete with everyone. And home wins, right, Mitch? Like, make Rogers Arena a tough place for people to come and try and get a win out of. Like, if you can get your business done at home, the road will kind of take care of itself. But you, you got to get those W's on your home floor. Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what it's going to be like back in Rogers Arena. I know when we got shut down there, it was it was creeping up. It was building. People were having a lot of fun in that arena. It really was. Um, we yeah, really. Was. We we might not have that much success in there, but we did win some couple big games, couple overtime games, and uh, we we got glimpses for sure of what that building can be and how tough it can be to play in and how the fans can really get behind us. Well, um, and it just I think a lot of guys on our team we're all a lot of us are homegrown kids, so it's that much more special, right? You you see you know where you are exactly where you are. You know what kind of people are in the building. You know your family and friends are there, so. That's uh, something we're focusing on yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, going to be looking pretty sharp uh, by the looks of it. I saw a little sneak peek at uh, some new Warriors uh, name bars. You got new-looking helmets. Uh, things are looking up, man. And, and I like. let me ask you this, Mitch. Uh, a guy that you know, obviously, but never really got a chance to get a good taste of is one Caleb Toth, who has taken over as, as the offensive coach. How excited are you to work under a guy that you know has gotten it done at the highest levels to, to learn the game from, from a guy like Caleb? For sure. That's, that's exciting for me. I know, um, I mean, I've seen what he's done. I've seen his game-winning championship goal. I've seen, uh, seen a, he played with an edge that, that I kind of think that I can bring to the table as well. And uh, I think guys are going to respect him, and he's going he's gonna to have a voice in our locker room to – and mold us into a bit of a tougher offense and, and hopefully a more consistent offense. Um, when we shut down, he showed up for one practice, so I was good to get to know him and, and meet him. Meet <laughs> then him that was least. it. Uh, then that was it, yeah. So, I mean, we've had a couple of Zoom calls. Um, I don't think he's the, the loudest guy in the room, but I think uh, when people talk, he's going to listen and he's going to bring some competitive uh, juices that, that I think we really need. One of the things that I was really happy about in the 2020 season that was that crowd at Rogers Arena, every game got a little bit larger, a little bit larger, and people started to to embrace the NLL and the, and the Warriors. I know you've had involvement in the past in the promo and whatnot of the team. Are you still going to be involved in it? And I guess what uh, what the plans are going forward? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I want I want more than anything for this to succeed here. I know I know it can. I like you said, every every game just got a little bit more kind of brick by brick adding to people in the building. Um, I'm going to be involved. We, we did school programs in the past. Those obviously kind of been shut down for a while now. We, uh, we're in talks with getting those back together and then just kind of building our, uh, our Warriors Academy. So building the young kids who are kind of give, give them access to, to pro coaches and pro caliber practices and maybe uh, some sort of league for them to play in. Um, we're working all kinds of things like that, but I'll, I'll definitely be involved and that's something uh, – I mean, it's fun for me. I wish that when I was young playing, there was I was Jake, Jake's ball boy. That was the most practice I got. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, which, the highlight of your great. career, Mitch. Don't kid yourself. The highlight of my yeah, yeah, which was great. Don't get me wrong. What but, uh, uh, you if, think uh, is is Dan going to give Biss and that another business? He going to get another look at camp? Do you think what's going to happen there? You know, I, we actually talked about that at lunch today. It's uh, it's up in the air. We got to wait till free agency and. 
see who's kicking around out there, and we're not sure yet. Okay, what about sure uh, sure. what about your running mate there? How's the bus doing? I know he's looking lean down. I know he got himself a Peloton. Like uh, he looks like he's committed this year coming into the season. You got to be pretty excited to, to play alongside eighteen. Yeah, he's Peloton sponsored. Um, I know he's in good shape. I'm gonna actually I'm gonna make it out tomorrow night to uh watch him play a uh, little lander pioneers right yeah um which i'm sure which i'm sure is cool for him that's his uh that's his hometown bread and butter so hoping to see some good stuff out of him um but yeah always excited to play with logie i know um i mean he's he's had some up and down moments in his career but i know when he's up he's uh he's the number one guy i'd like to have beside me and uh he, when we play big games he's there for them um so that's kind of I'm always excited to play with Logie, and hopefully we can get him uh, up the top of the charts again this year coming up. It's going to be 22 months ballpark, 21, 22 months between games by the time you get back. How do you keep How do you keep ready? And I guess from a team perspective, how do you keep in touch? And Listen, you know, keep Mitch, Mitch could going? eat a bear and still keep the <laughs> slender swimmer's body that he had. Like, there's, no, there's not an ounce on there, Evan. Come on. The growth, the growth dry and help. Yes. Um, uh, well, speaking of that, I know, uh, like, I know you get like, uh, you get like free food. You want to like plug anybody while you, you're on air here? You got a chance to to reel off some sponsors that give you free stuff if you want. <laughs> no, I got no. My sponsorship list is pretty quiet these days. Okay. So, uh, um, if anyone wants to give me a call for their real estate needs, maybe that's the plug. Oh yeah, yeah. I saw you at uh, Austin Square there the other day. Good stuff. Be busy while we're not playing. Twenty-two months, Jesus. That's um, it's ridiculous, Mitch. I, like that's why I'm surprised you're not, you know, suiting up in the XLL. I'll mention it again. Uh, well, withdrawals. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wait my turn. I'll be I'll be climbing up the grind, and I'll be I'll be in the weeds there in, in the back cave working on my tools. I'll be back in the in the in the bright light. All right. Well, I'm not quite ready for the grind, and definitely not quite ready for the grind <laughs> with you, Mitch. But uh, congratulations on the new two-year deal. Happy to see you sticking around in Vancouver. I know Warriors fans are as well, and look forward to seeing you out on the turf, running and gunning at the Raj, man. Awesome. You're gonna be. I might just show up at a an XLO game. I'm still a fan right now. But if you want to give me an invite to the Coquitlam Crunch, I'd happily. Uh, okay. Well, there. maybe we'll we'll meet in the middle. Do do like Burnaby Mountain or something. How about that? Okay. All right. <laughs> Sounds okay. good, Mitch. Thanks for doing this, man. Thanks, boys. There is Evan Mitch Jones. Always a good conversation with Mitchell. Uh, we go way back. I, I played with his dad, and I've known Mitch a long time. And to see kind of Mitch go from just a young boy to, you know, through junior and a Minto Cup champion there in Orangeville and coming back to to play here and winning a Man Cup in Victoria, then back with his bellies, wearing his dad's old number 16 in New West is is really kind of cool to see. And let's not forget about Mitch Jones, Evan, the fact that when he was drafted, he he was drafted by the Vancouver franchise and then trade, but he – like Dane Smith, believe it or not, played out of the back end for the first couple of years of his career, and now he's bonafide one of the best offensive players in the league. Well, he was also a hockey player back then. Sure, yeah, Northern Michigan, right? if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. So here's one thing I think back to with Mitch Jones. How amazing this trade has worked out for Vancouver, where Corey Small wants to head back east, needs to – Worked out well yeah, for both. location. Yeah. And you get Miss Jones, right? Yeah. No. Like, it's worked out beautifully for the Warriors. Absolutely. Uh, good deal for both. And it's funny 
you mention Corey Small. That's all I'm going to say. Funny you mention Corey Small. Let's take a break here. Quarter three is now over. We still have quarter four and overtime to come here on Lax Class. Stick around. We're back after this. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Dan McRae from the New York Riptide, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class into the fourth quarter, but don't forget we got overtime coming up, so it's not the final frame, so there is another break to come. Just so you know, quick sticks time here. Not for before I tell you about Associated Labels and Packaging. Got to get that in there. Our good friends at Associated Labels and Packaging, 41 years, owned by the Ashworth family in Coquitlam, focusing on people, ethics, and, of course, quality. They are literally the best in the – I'm not even joking when I say this. The best in the business when it comes to labels and packaging. Check them out. Associated LP as in labelsandpackaging.com or social media as Associated LP. Quick sticks in quarter three, Evan, and I guess we'll start with this one. I, I don't know how up-to-date you are on this, but I, I listened to a podcast uh, just yesterday, in fact, and it's called uh, Let's Talk Native, and this particular episode caught my attention because it focused on what I have to classify as a dispute, I guess, between the Haudenosaunee women's national team and the Iroquois Nationals men's program. If you don't know kind of the backstory of this, the Iroquois Nationals and the Haudenosaunee women are two separate entities. But in order for them to gain acceptance into the World Games and ultimately the Olympic Games, World Lacrosse asked these two entities to merge and work under one banner. Not to get too far down the rabbit hole here, but... There is a Grand Council in Onondaga, and there is a Grand Council in Grand River. And sometimes these councils agree, sometimes they don't. Essentially, Onondaga runs the Iroquois Nationals, and Grand River gave sanctioning to the Haudenosaunee women. Now this merger was supposed to take place, and except it wasn't a merger. It was more or less... The women's program was dissolved in the Iroquois Nationals team saying we're starting our own women's program, like it or not, sort of thing. So I think there's more to come out of this story. I don't know the complete direction it's going to go, but I know for a fact that in order to get into the Olympics, they need to have a women's program. And I think like the Iroquois Nationals have just said, like, we're making our own program. Your program no longer exists. And this ties into their Nike sponsorship and, and all sorts of things. So... It's gotten a little messy, and and I and I like I don't know what's right and what's wrong and and yeah. how it all works. So I don't want to like, you know, start There's laying blame. Yeah, of that whole thing. Well, right? that's just uh, that, it. That's the preface. That's the preface of it. Is is essentially the Onondaga Council does not believe that women should be playing lacrosse, and that's why the women had to get their sanctioning from Grand River on the Six Nations side. 
in order to to start their national team, which has been around for like 15 years, but now the program has been dissolved. Both councils got together and, and it was just kind of done and it's over. And now a new program is starting. So I, I found a very yeah. interesting listen. I, I suggest you like Katie and Kathy Smith are on it, along with another girl who are all connected to the Haudenosaunee women's team. And they go pretty in depth with it. So I, w- I would suggest checking that out. Yeah, this is nothing new. No, um, and, and if, we if had Bomberry back... on. I can't remember if that was you or not. And, and we've we've asked no, a couple wasn't. of guys about you know what what the deal is with why women are not supposed to or not allowed to play the sport of lacrosse. And it's I mean there's there's various explanations for it. It's a spiritual thing. It's kind of like a, a duty sort of thing. While the men play, the women are supposedly supposed to be doing certain other things. So. Yeah. Like I said, it's not, you know, it's not my culture. It's not my religion. I don't, I don't want to, you know, say what's right and what's no. wrong, but I just, I hope it works out for all of those women because at, as, as it stands right now, a lot of the key members on that Haudenosaunee women's team are saying like, no, like we're not playing for that program, which is only going to hurt them in the long run. But I under, kind of understand why they're, they're saying yeah. no. No, this this is nothing new when it comes to international sports. If we think back, what, 10, 15 years ago, we had the International Lacrosse Federation and the International Women's Lacrosse Federation or something along that lines. They had to merge because the IOC told them very clearly that there would be one governing body and that's it. Yeah. Yep. Right. So this is once again just falling in line with that same thing. The other problem is right now, keep in mind, the Iroquois are trying to gain that national recognition to play in the Olympics. That's still not guaranteed. And one of the ideals that the IOC holds true to is that any sport introduced since 1984 must have equal men's and women's participation. Yep. Right. Yep. So. A lot of layers. How they're going to hammer it out? A lot of layers. I don't know. I don't know either. I I just hope it works out for all involved and they can get on the same page and everybody that should be playing gets to play and wants to play. I hope they can get there because, I mean, essentially now it's it's a fight between two councils or, or two teams that should be on the same page. So hopefully it all works out. And, and to stick with the, the – I'm going to start going with Iroquois, uh, Evan, because – Everybody that is like deeply connected to that program in Iroquois is is how the, not Iroquois. It, it's a. It seems like in Canada it's Iroquois. I know, and but that in U.S. is Iroquois. But I want to so, call it yeah. what they call it. You know what I'm saying on that? Like if Orin Lions are saying Iroquois, I'm going with that. So I I, I need to wrap my brain around that and, and kind of change my thinking. Uh, speaking with or sticking with the Iroquois, I don't know if you saw this story, Evan, but absolutely disgusting stuff here coming out of the World Series of Youth Lacrosse. Some Karen, uh, Evan, standing up in a banquet and and berating the Iroquois. Iroquois, I just did it right there. Uh, saying they don't belong and, and just going off on these. Like, I... What the hell? And, and like, no repercussions, no nothing for this lady who just blatant racist in public and, and like, nothing happened. No comment, no nothing. Yeah. Uh, now, you don't want to punish your kid. 
or kid had nothing to do with it. You know, you want to keep him playing the game. Well, maybe remove from the the uh, old uh, apple doesn't fall too children. far from the tree, though, Evan. Right? You know, well, like, you know what? But we can't judge the kid on sure on the parents, fair, though, right? Yeah, but what I'd be doing is removing this parent from any, being anywhere near the playing facility, other than dropping your kid off and picking him up. Oh, she right? was allowed to go watch the game the next day. No, Nothing but happened. you know what? Yeah, it, it's that Sick. that part's a joke. You think about what happened there in Philadelphia, right, yeah. with the Lyle Thompson comment. Yeah, the guy was apologetic, but you know, there's still consequences to pay. You know, learn the history of the game for two seconds. That comment does not come out of your mouth. No. Just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Shameful, disgusting. Pick pick an adjective and, and it applies to that lady. I I hope she gets what's coming to her. I, I really do. Um, more quick sticks here, Evan, and, and we'll just kind of blast through these a little bit. Uh, the NLL has put up a daily poll challenge. You got a chance to win yourself some prizes, some merch, and all sorts of stuff. Check out the NLL social channels for their daily poll challenge. I might get in on this uh, as well. I don't know if I'm allowed to win or not. You and, it's some interesting questions in there, but yeah, you know, it's, I like honestly, it's for, I, it's for prizes. Just yeah, take the one minute it takes to answer the questions and go for it. Have some fun. USA Boxland Nationals, uh, we heard Kevin Finneran refer to it, uh, going down in, I believe, San Jose, August 6th to 8th. This is going to be a lot of fun. I hope uh, we got a chance to watch this. All kids from all across North America are going to converge there in San Jose for the USA Boxland Nationals. So we'll we'll keep posted on that stuff that's coming up in August. Yeah. Uh, and isn't it interesting how these Boxland Nationals are now seeming to migrate to California on a regular basis. Is it? I mean... Uh, A place that's not a lacrosse hotbed whatsoever. Well, (laughs) yeah, it's pretty nice there, though. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it it just goes to show how quickly the game has grown in California. Well, you got Doyler running the Cali All-Stars. You got Santos down there as well. So uh, that's kind of their hub. Um, Speaking of nice, this would be nice if we could do this. I posted this on my Facebook uh, box outdoor box in New Westminster needs some saving. Hume box uh, petition to like change this to a multi court surface just to tear down the box completely. They've kind of given a, a few different options here. Get on there, let your local representative if you're in New West that this is not okay. Save Hume box. Check my Facebook. I posted that on my timeline. If you can. Support the and cause. And similar effort in Brampton. Is yeah, not? same thing. And and we had to fight in Coquitlam here to save one box too. And and so, if you don't speak up and don't speak your mind, nothing happens. Uh, but if you do, some things can change. This happened. Well, Mitch was referring to it. Uh, Logan playing for Ladner, and who Ladner are playing are the North Shore Indians, Evan. And I'll tell you what, Harry Jerome Arena over there on the North Shore was literally my favorite place to play other than Queens Park Arena. For one, it was a nice small floor with tight corners, so I didn't get all spread out. I didn't have to like be running around in the corners like Memorial Arena in Victoria or something. So I like the tight confines of, of Harry Jerome. <clears throat> excuse me. But the other thing I loved was the drums. And the drum, like I loved, even though I was on the opposing team, I loved playing lacrosse while the drums were going. And where I'm going with all this, Evan, is that Ladner and North Shore are playing like an eight-game kind of exhibition series. And 
a few weeks ago when I had Brad on the podcast, and, and speaking of Brad, he's taking a summer hiatus here, so I think it's going to be you, Evan, for, for the next foreseeable future, if you're okay with that. Brad will be back. He just needs a little break. Nothing nothing to worry about. Um, getting back to North Shore once again, I was kind of hard on the fact that a couple of rogue senior B teams were fielding like 50-man rosters and... and I was like, I figured all these players could be playing in the XLL. Why, why are they just doing two teams and, and this kind of weird little series? But after seeing and hearing the scenes, watching the North Shore Indians resurgence back on the shore and how many fans were there and how many drums were there and the atmosphere inside Harry Jerome Arena, which is going to be torn down pretty soon, uh, sadly, but a new one's going up, which is great. I, I take it back because though they deserve a lacrosse team over there and you can tell how much it meant to them and, and the guys that were playing on, on the Indians team, how much it meant to them. So I kind of backtrack on, on my comments from earlier about how I kind of thought mm-hmm. it sucked. I, they, I'm glad they're doing this. It looks fantastic. I'm going to go watch a game and just take it in. Question for you now. This is maybe I don't know the history too well, but the team nickname has it never come up. Yeah, as a well, no, because it's their it's their name, Evan. Right? Like if they want to change it, they can change it. But there is a long, long history on North Shore of the North Shore Indians, and you know, like if the Six Nations want to call themselves the Chiefs or the Arrows or the Tomahawks or whatever they want, that's okay. It's when. The white man, if you will, Evan, starts using kind of derogatory nicknames for their teams. That causes the issue. So no issue whatsoever with the North Shore Indians. I Funny story about that, and I don't know how funny it is, but I'm going to tell it anyways. When I was calling the Minto Cup, and I want to say 2016, <laughs> as I go backwards again, Six Nations Arrows and Coquilla Madnax, well, there is a drum beat that kind of goes doom, do doom. Doom, 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 doom. You with me? So yep. the the drum beat is is something that is called on the warpath, I believe, and you use whatever the team's nickname is before you say on the warpath. So arrows on the warpath, chiefs on the warpath. Well, all's I knew. And all I ever heard was Indians on the warpath. So when I'm calling this Minto Cup and I hear the drum beat start inside the Langley Event Center, I mentioned there's the Indians on the warpath drum beat. And <laughs> that did not go over very well with a lot of Six Nations fans. So I had no idea that I was supposed to say arrows on the warpath, not Indians. But I was referring to what I knew as the North Shore Indians. So... I kind of explained myself. I think I, I, you know, got out of it, but it was not not a good situation. But I really had no idea. So, anyways, I'm happy to see North Shore Indians lacrosse back on the North Shore. I'm going to go watch a game. It looks incredible. I can't wait to take in the atmosphere. Couple more quick sticks as we're going along on quick sticks here, Evan. This week, uh, updates. XLL, we're into week three. Uh, Skyhawks and Gray Wolves both have a win. Black Bears sitting at 0-1. Skyhawks and Bears coming up in week three. You can check out all the games for free, Evan. BCSports.tv, 6 o'clock Pacific time every Sunday with yours truly. 
Week three coming up, Skyhawks and Bears, 6 o'clock from Coquitlam. Check it out. Uh, Junior A is back underway here in BC, Evan. B1 and B2 as well. You can also check some games out on bcsports.tv for Junior B1 and B2 action. And who knows, maybe, maybe a little Junior A action coming up as well. So stay tuned for that. Now, last week, Evan, out of the blue, got a little text from one Hall of Famer, Josh Shooter Sanderson. Uh, me and Teddy Jenner got a text from, from Shoot and said, boys, are you interested in coming to the Turtle Dome in August to call a Junior A showcase between like five or six teams from surrounding areas? So literally within like half an hour, Myself and Teddy Jenner, like, booked a flight in August. We're going to the Turtle Dome in August to call some lacrosse, me and me and Theo. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> well, I mean, if you keep saying you're rusty, here you go, right? Oh, man. I Like, yeah, like, it's going to be, like, 12 games in five days, something like that. And it's going to be good, high-level junior A lacrosse, uh, some all-star teams, a kind of like a U19 all-star team. Some First Nations teams from like Seneca and, and Aquasasne. So, gonna be a real cool experience. I've never been to Cornwall or the Turtle Dome. I'm like super looking forward to that. Uh, really cool. Looking forward to it. Uh, stay tuned for more details coming on hey, that. If TSN's coming, you gotta get all the practice you can. Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. And uh, <laughs> it was just kind of crazy. Like, half an hour after he texted us, he's like, book a flight. And I was like, okay. Like, so we did. So, uh, no turning back now, man. Uh, flight is booked. One more quick stick to go here, I promise. And it's NLL 35 Moments. Can't skip over this each week, Evan. Gates debut in Tor- or in Detroit, excuse me, December the 29th, 1990. Paul and Gary Gate joined the Detroit Turbos, coming off a one and seven season, lead them to an eight and two season, championship season. Paul holds a rookie record for 47 Genos. Gary led the league in assists with 36 and 68 points. What a way to come into the league for the Gate Twins! Uh, wow. So that's NLL 35 moments this week. Two of the best four players of all time. I mean, yeah. if you had that in one shot, you're gonna, you're gonna. And you think oh, about man. Detroit Turbos. Either depending upon who you are, it's either the best or the worst jersey of all time. <laughs> and nobody's ever gone back to purple until Halifax did it recently. Yeah, well, seals, seals have got some purple there too, Evan. Let's not forget about our friends down there in San Diego, but. Uh, like one one gate brother on a team was was a real hand. You put both those guys on the same team, forget it, man. Like you're, you're winning. You're just gonna win. Like that's what's gonna happen when you got both gate gate brothers playing on the same team. That's like uh, Bo Jackson ter- techno football cheat code. Yeah, like put Bo Jackson and Dion Sanders onto this onto the same team, and then you got something there. Evan, that was quick sticks. Oh no, uh, that's not quick sticks. I lied. Buckle up, because I'm going to go rip through some signings here, Evan. And once I'm done them all, maybe if you want to make some notes here, you can comment on a couple of them. But we got to get moving here, because we still got I've overtime. I've got the transaction list in front of me. Okay, here we go. Ty Thompson, three years with the Riptide. Panther City has qualified Taylor Stewart and Matt Hosick. Rochester has signed Shawnee Evans and Thomas Whitty to one-year agreements. The Rock have signed Riley Hutchcraft to one-year 
Vancouver Warriors, we talked about it. Mitch Jones, two years. They've also signed Cody Arsenal, Isaac Bott, Brody Harris, Kyle Killen, Adam Cromer, Harrison Smith, and Mateo Tack, all the busy man, Dan Richardson, to one-year contracts. Buffalo has placed the franchise tag on Steve Priolo, and they've also qualified Justin Martin and Nick Weiss. Uh, maybe you can explain 7.2 and 7.182 sure. uh, of the CBA, Evan. <laughs> you want to do that quickly? Yeah, so 7.2 is the franchise tag. You can have one free agent that you apply the franchise tag to. That means, A, they're getting 25% above league maximum, so it's a nice payday for the person, but they're also no longer a free agent. You can only do it with one player at a time. Um, and also, once they turn 34, they can actually reject it if they want to. 7.1 there, qualifying offer, basically... If a player is a restricted free agent, so they haven't got to 30, haven't played six years in the league, you can make, you have to make an offer that basically equates to what they made the previous year. If you do that, they are now still restricted with you. They can, they can't, if they try and sign somewhere else, you can match the offer. Right. It's not necessary. And not, not too many GMs. Not too many GMs will do it, right? Like once a guy kind of signs a deal, not a GM isn't coming in and going, "I'll give you another ten grand," and then yeah. the other team has to match. Doesn't happen. I, I mean, I mean, Halifax tried it there with Dougie Jameson, yeah. right? But that's a rare circumstance. Um, if they don't qualify the player, then the situation is the player becomes an unrestricted free agent. So he's going to get qualified. That's what's going to happen. Okay, I'm going to continue on here. The Mammoth have qualified Eli McLaughlin and Ryan Lee. They've also signed Chris Wardle, Dylan Kinnear, Tim Edwards, Dylan Malloy to one-year deals and have signed Eric Turner and Jordan Gillis to two-year deals. Qualified Randy Stotts, Georgia Swarm have. That was a long time coming to get Stotts uh, qualified. He is now protected for the time being. Halifax has signed Chase Martin to one year. The Rip did I mention there's a lot of signings? The the Riptide have signed uh Back of the Bird star Dan Lomas to one year. The Riptide have also signed Mackenzie Mitchell to a two year. Panther City have signed Ryan Banesh, Liam Patton to one year agreements, and Jordan Trache to a two year. Mm-hmm. Nighthawks, Ryland Reese, Matt Bennett, one year, Seal, Skyler Winery to a two year, and Connor Fields to a one year. The Vancouver Warriors have released Zach Porter, but they have signed Colton Porter to a two year agreement. Those are all your signings from last yeah. week. Yeah. And just keep in mind, there's going to be, that was one day's worth. Yes. <laughs> that was a, two that emails, was one but one day. Yeah. The, there was uh, More basically there was a there was a freeze period while the expansion draft was going on. Now it's going to be But now GMs have to be in this rush because you have this window until August first to sign your own players back. August first, other teams can start talking to them. There you go. So it's going to get uh, hot and heavy here as far as signings go in the coming weeks. We will keep you apprised of them all right here on Lax Class, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Overtime is next here on Lax Class. Stick around. We are back. No more breaks. Into overtime. Next goal wins, Evan. I, I don't know if you uh, recall, Evan, but uh, did you hear, like, double great questions from Kevin Finneran back in quarter number two? Uh, you're taking over Brad Challenger's score for the time being. We got well, a, we got a bet going. It was seven. Now, listen, 
uh, don't make me get LeBron on here, okay? It was 7-4 for me over Brad leading into this episode. Double dings in quarter two. 9-4 is your new score. I think when I was on the podcast before, I was up 4 nothing, and then went through a um, year without one. <laughs> yes. Although I think I got two out of the Players Association first episode. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll give you two. I'll give you two. So it's 9-6. That's fair as I'm going to get. You okay with that? Well, I mean, Brad will be back, and then he'll take over. Yeah. And, well, yeah. I mean, you, you got you got work to do. You're you're down by three. Evan, uh, before we get to our Stampede Stallion of the Week here, uh, I got to let you know if you want to subscribe to the podcast, that would be fantastic. Send down a review as well. That helps our listenership, our engagement, our outreach, all that. So fire down a review when you hit that subscribe button. And if you want to follow along the podcast, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com is an email address. We're at lacrosseclassified on Instagram, laxclass on Twitter. We got a Facebook page as well. My handle is PXP for sports, and Evan is at Shemlax if you want to give him a follow as well. We would appreciate it. Evan, it's time to head for the stables. <laughs> this is where you give me, like, your best horse sound impersonation, Evan. Go for it. Evan. Are you kidding me? No. Like, <laughs> no, no, no Come freaking on. way. <laughs> You're no fun. You're no fun. My pick this week, Evan, for the Stampede Stallion of the Week, and if you recall, I alluded to as interesting that you had selected one Corey Small because the kitten is this week's Stampede Stallion of the Week. 5'10", 205 out of St. Catharines, Ontario. They got Victoria listed as his hometown team here on the NLL website. Should probably update that. Uh, 161 games so far. Former stealth player traded for Mitch Jones. But still very productive is Corey Small. And uh, look at the numbers here, Evan. 283 goals, 389 assists, 672 points for Corey Small. And still going strong here after entering the league back in 2009 with the Edmonton Rush. And one heck of a podcast guest. I mean, we oh, Corey's great, yeah. the, What was it, the story of uh, Jimmer gave him a car and all four <laughs> hubcaps exploded <laughs> off of it? <laughs> yeah. Um, but a guy that you wanted to get the ball to in the last minute of the game. I We'd have to start counting how many last-minute either game-winning or game-tying goals he has, right? Man, Evan, I just have to go back to 2016-2017 season. 40, what do you have here? 46 goals, 65 points for 111 total. And let's not forget the final regular season of, or the final game of the regular season that year was played in New England and there was a ton on the line for that game. It meant a home playoff date or maybe even missing the playoffs if they didn't win that game. And, yeah, that's what it was. They would miss if they lost that one. And yeah. it goes, well, Corey Small ties it up with like 20 seconds to go in regulation, then wins it in overtime. 
Uh, they ended up going on to lose their, their playoff game against the Mammoth. But that game in particular in New England was unbelievable. One of the highlights of my, my broadcasting career, the, the energy I had when he not only tied it, but then won it in overtime was one of my favorite moments that I've had in the National Lacrosse League. What a, what a season that was. Because they went from 2-16 and 16 to the playoffs, didn't they? Yeah, 9-9 I think they finished, yeah. Yeah. So... You know, and eventually he went back out east. You know, Buffalo, he was a massive contributor out there. Mike Kelly Award winner in the Man Cup for the Shamrocks as well. He's a stallion, Evan. Absolute yeah. stallion is Corey Small. So, welcome to the stable, Kitty. Uh, you are now a Stampede Stallion. And, of course, Evan, the Stampede Stallion of the Week brought to you by our good friends at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. And... For for those that don't know, Evan, my my computer like it it updated on its own. It just like restarted, and what that did is it closed every window that I had on my computer open. It just like I had to start from scratch. So what I'm doing right now is I'm waiting for the document to open. And I'm just kind of rambling on until I can get my stampede read open in time to try and read off the advertisement from our great sponsor out there in Cloverdale since 1966 at stampede.ca. Where shopping online is still shopping as it finally popped open here, Evan. Uh, and I, and I, <laughs> I didn't open the Stampede Tack and Western Wear is all about the classics, including the Stormrider jean jacket. I promise I'll do better. Uh, Stormrider styling has become one of the most popular jean jackets of all time. This jean jacket is perfect for year-round use, especially in the summer for camping or sitting around the fire. You're not really allowed to have any fires here in BC right now. We are like a, a tinder block just ready to explode. But uh, drop by Stampede Tack and Western Wear out there in Cloverdale. Highway 10, corner 180th as well. You'll find an outstanding collection of jean jackets. You can always shop online at stampede.ca. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. We thank them for their continued support. Evan, that was an absolute monster of a program. Thanks for doing it again, man. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, no, great. And, you know, with everything going on in life right now, the medicine game comes through, right? Absolutely, man. That just, you know, took my mind off of things for like an hour and a half there, which uh, which was a nice little break. And, and like, there's some weeks, Evan, where I think, like, man, what are we going to talk about this week? And then next thing you know, we're, we're a buck 20 in. So uh, <laughs> that was that was great. Uh, big thanks to Kevin Finneran and Mitch Jones for stopping by the podcast. To our sponsors one more time, Stampede Tack, the Vancouver Warriors, Associated Labels and Packaging, for their continued support, support our sponsors. That's how you keep this podcast going, and also by listening. So we thank you for listening to Lax Class each and every week right here on the home of Lax Class, Lacrosse, Cla- Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. I think I'm done talking for a while. For Evan Sheminar, I've been Jake Elliott, and for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.